Welcome to Hanging with Lucia, the podcast. Today's episode, I have with me Annabelle Smith. She's a real good friend of mine that I met this year. We ran a few trails together. She's an ultra runner. She has a good story to tell. She's part of Fleet Feet. And I wanted to interview her and hear her story, how she started her running career. So, Annabelle, tell me, how did you start? Ah, I'm one of these runners that hated running, actually. I was a swimmer in high school and college. I hated it, hated running. The end joke is that I used to lie to get out of cross country. We were forced to run, do cross country. I had asthma. I was one, one of those kids that, oh, wow. yeah, one of those kids that couldn't run. Um, and then now I pay money to run long distances. So running, running for me was a little bit of an accident. So actually. how did you grew? I'm assuming you grew out of your. The asthma went away. Yeah, I think as I started competing a little bit more with swimming, that just kind of resolved itself. I I grew out of it. I <laughs> uh, know. Started running again after having kids. So kids make you run, huh? Kids make you run far, you know, and then you then you want to just be out of the house for longer and longer. So you gotta stay out and run further and further just oh. to get a little bit more free time. Oh my goodness, you've done triathlons, any? Do you know? A lot of people ask me that because I have the running and I've got the swimming. There's one problem with a triathlon, and it's the bike. The bike. Because the bike is synonymous for me with injury recovery, and uh, I can't stand it. Can't I'm not mad it. at you. I'm not mad at mm-hmm. you. I'm not mad at you. So tell me your background. Where, where have you, where, what was your first race? Do you remember your first major race you ran? Do you know, my first major race actually was Detroit. So um, I never raced for a long time when I started running. Okay. Never. When I picked it up after I had kids, it was really for me. Just me personally, I wanted to be sure that I could run after my son and you know, feel healthy and not feel as though I'm just moving right along in my 30s and losing all type of fitness. So um, I did it just to keep fit. And then I started really enjoying how it made me feel. And when I first started, I was like, I'm just going to run to do a 5K and feel like I can finish a 5K and not feel like I'm going to die at the finish, right? Um, I, never, I never said I was going to race. And for the longest time, for many races, you're going to do a race. And then finally, I caved. And finally, I was like, fine. I'll run, I'll run the Detroit half with some friends, and we had an absolute riot. So this week was Free Press Marathon Week. We had a whole lot going on downtown Detroit. How was your weekend? My weekend was right up there as one of the best. And you know, I kind of came into the weekend because I've got a little bit of an injury. I had surgery a few weeks ago. Ah, it's always difficult being a runner, not being able to race, right? Right. But this weekend just reminded me about everything that I love about running. Right. You know, the community, like the best of human spirit is on display there. Right. Everyone cheering everyone on. Um, you know, and working towards a goal. That's, <coughs> isn't that, that's just the best part of it, right? And part of the reason why I fell in love with running to begin with is just seeing what you can do personally. You know, no one else... It's not on anyone else, right? You're not doing it for anybody else. You're doing it for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. 
there was a lot of runners out there happy to go back over to Canada. We haven't been in Canada in about three years now. Yeah, it's been a long time. Since 2018? Was it? 2019 was Canada's, I think, the last time, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's such a great course, and they changed it this year yes. for an even better finish. Yes, I do not like going to Belle Isle. <laughs> I don't think anyone I've likes had, going to Belle Isle. <laughs> you're in a lonely world on Belle Isle when you get to mile, what's that, about 21 or so? You're like, oh my goodness. Yeah, you and the wind, basically, is what it is. You're fighting yourself, and you're fighting the wind. When I, when I went over to Canada this, um, this time, they were so happy to have signs saying, Welcome to Canada. Oh, they Welcome did. To Canada. That's great. Yeah. And, I, and a sign said, Don't trust the fart. Don't trust the fart. <laughs> After mile nine, right? Yeah. Some yeah. people have issues before then, but. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, no, too funny. Yeah, I was wondering how that was going to be, actually, when I was driving into town on Saturday. You know, how many, if the Canadians would remember back from 2019 what the atmosphere would be like and if it would be quieter or more people so it sounds like they represented yeah i felt i even felt a different warmth from the from the border patrol people it's like it's, it seemed like they were happy we were coming over there you back know? to real life yeah, yeah back to real life people have been so used we didn't got you know we don't we didn't appreciate having the freedom we have Mm -hmm. To me, it all started with 911, and that's when they cut down the border to Canada, and it was harder to get over to Canada. But then when COVID hit, man, nobody could go to Canada. That was like crazy to me. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was brutal. There's a, a health food store on Wyandotte Street, a few blocks when you go over Canada. There's all kind of nice stuff, Asian, Asian, um, health foods and stuff yeah. like that I, I used to go over there all the time so it was like oh man i can't even go to my little spot there's but, probably some kids who are going over there too and a little disappointed that they couldn't go and drink at 19 instead of 21 as well i'm sure <laughs> ex exactly exactly so the the 5k was fun 5k was great yeah if you hear my voice the listening audience you wonder that don't sound like lucire I was saying, go, 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 you got this. Pass one more person. I'm yelling it, right? After 20 minutes of doing that, my voice said, no more. And I lost my voice for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Big support crew. Yeah. Massive support crew you were on the side. That was fun to watch. Fun to watch. With, with Black Men Run, the event we had, how did you how did you feel about that event? Did you have did you enjoy yourself? I had a great time, and you know a couple of my colleagues were there as well, and we we were all saying, "Gosh, you know what a what a great group! There's such a brotherhood there. There's such a mutual understanding between you all, and a mutual support, and just an incredible organization, and so welcoming too. Um, you know, inclusive, welcoming to everybody, wanting to support everyone." Um, yeah, really, really right. Really thank great. you, thank you, thank you. The logistics to that was interesting. We had a lot of Zoom meetings to make sure everything landed correctly on that. Oh, I'm sure. Big time. I'm we, sure, but no, I was, you know, when I saw a few of you guys at the expo on Friday and 
came right over, big hugs. I mean, you know, I the way how you guys welcomed us too is just really special. I so. was hoping to see you. It was just too many people, and I had to do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I didn't I see you on Friday, but well, we still caught up at the 5K. You and Stephanie Heiser came through. Mm -hmm. We got we got some good selfies and stuff together. We did. And I, br I brought my headlamp, you know, like a good ultra runner. <laughs> for setup, when when Brendan told me that we'd be there at like 6:30 for setup, I'm like, well, it's dark. <laughs> dark here in Detroit at that time. I don't know how you're gonna set up if you can't see. Right. It was awesome that we had that many guys because when I got over there and I'm in charge of the tent. I was shocked. The tent was just about up. When I walked yeah. over there, I was like, they flipped up things over quick. Yeah, I know. They're cool. They're cool, those tents. So tell, tell me, Annabelle, how many ultra runs have you done? So in terms of actual races? Actual races. Actual ultra races, probably six to seven. Six to seven, okay. Actual distances, just me? Well, oh, wow. Well, probably double that right, actually. right. so um, you know for a while there we didn't have any races COVID and everything um, I did a lot of these challenges a lot of virtual virtual things. okay yeah lots of virtual ones actually um, there's a couple of racing groups that put on these fun challenges that would be 24-hour things where you go and run certain distances like every four hours I did that well I did um David Goggins 4x4. Four four oh, four. Yeah. yeah. So similar, but longer distance with less time in between over a shorter period of time. So they did like a 50K one, which I thought was really good for people who have done a marathon distance and who think that they, you know, the idea of an ultra scares them or, you know, I can't possibly run like 30 miles. That was really easy to break down because that was five point something miles every four hours wow. for 24 hours and then it kind of went up from there right so first was 50k then was 50 miles same format then was 100k same format so that was like 10.3 miles every four hours for 24 hours so that by six and then you know the 100 miles so I did a hundred miler virtually in the snow. Now that sounds crazy to me. Listen to this, you all. She did a hundred milers in the snow. In the snow. Well, yeah, it wasn't supposed to snow that day, um, but it did. Good old Michigan. Um, never let you down. Huh? Never let me down. No. Um, that was a, that was funny actually. So my nemesis is the wind. Right, I right. hate the wind. Yeah, right. So. We got blessed on them, um, this run this past week. It was no wind at the Free Press Marathon. Oh, that's so nice. Um, but yeah, so when I I knew I was gonna do this self-supported hundred miler, and uh, I kind of <laughs> picked my route and kind of figured in a couple of different aid stations along the way and what I was gonna do and where food would be. And I was looking at the calendar and I'm like looking at the weather. And I picked the day with the least wind. Like it was like two, three degrees of wind. Of course, right. my punishment for picking my perfect conditions is that it suddenly started snowing. So I started at four o'clock in the morning. There's a picture of me, like the whole road is covered in like an inch of snow. And it, it snowed all 
day. <laughs> of all the days. <laughs> of all the days. I'm like, that's because I picked the one with no wind. I got the snow instead. What, what day of the week was that? I think it was a Thursday. Overnight? Yeah, so I started, I started at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I finished at 2 o'clock in the morning the, the next the day. Next so day. it was a 22-hour, pretty much 22-hour <coughs> flat, 100-miler. 22 hours? Mm. Wow. What was your um, what was your average time for some for that one? So 14-minute mile is a 24-hour 100-miler. Okay. So uh, probably a 12-something, 12, 12 13. Nice. I was, um, I was rolling a lot, actually. The, the things went downhill around 70-mile mark. So it, it got cold. Um, it got cold pretty fast. So I, I pretty much walked the last last 30 actually but um the first i think the first 50 miles was an eight and a half out was eight and a half hours wow okay which isn't too bad no that's not too bad but yeah so what we did was the last the last 20 odd miles was in my neighborhood and one of my friends a really good friend of mine um actually met her on Instagram. This is the running community for you. Okay. And then she ended up coming to the store. She was going to, her name is Sarah Moore. She's a great ultra runner. She ended up coming to the store to pick up some nutrition for a big race she was doing down in Arizona. And we just kind of got chatting, you know, like you do with so many runners and ultra runners. There's, you know, things in common, I think, if you're going to do that distance, you know, there's a... Yes. We're all crazy, basically, I guess is probably what most people would say. It's what we have in common. This is screw loose. But anyway, I said, hey, I'm going to do this virtual 100. And she was like, well, I'll come crew you. Oh, wow. That's cool. So she showed up at my house with uh, her husband. And we just looped the neighborhood. You just stayed in your own neighborhood? Yeah, for the last 25, yeah. Wow. But then the downside to that is we had a fireplace on the driveway. So we had bonfires and s'mores and some fireballs. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a shot of loop, but it wasn't far off. So the last, yeah, the last 20, 20 or so was uh, a lot more walking and a lot more drinking. I ain't mad at you. You you were taking away the pain, sound like. Yeah, something, Just yeah. get rid of the pain. Something. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. What what in your kid? I want to know because most people are wondering, what makes you just say, you know what, I'm going to do 100 miles? Was it something like, it was just like, I'm going to do it. What was your What was your longest distance before your 100 miles? My longest distance before that was 50. And now I keep hearing this. Look, I keep hearing people do 50 and go and from 50. And then you double it, right? And you double it. <laughs> and you think you were going to die in the 50. Yeah. Uh, no, so I, I really identify with that question. So when I, before I worked at Fleet Feet Running Fit, I was a customer for the longest time. And... Uh, there was someone who worked there who was an ultra runner as well, and he said to me, oh, I'm going to run 100 miles. And I, I looked at him, and I was like, what? <laughs> You're crazy. 100, 100 miles? Like, you know, the usual questions. All in one go? Do you stop? Do you eat? Do you sleep? Why? You know, and I thought he was crazy. That was um, crazy. But, you know, such as, I think, some of the running journey, especially people who 
haven't been a, a college runner like myself, right. you know, people who, who never did it as kids and who pick it up maybe later on in life, right? It's right. about, you know, I don't think I can do 5K. Right. And then you kind of train towards that and then you do your 5K and you realize that actually, wow, you know, that feels really good to set out a goal and work towards it and then achieve it. And then you kind of think, well, if I could do that 5K, then maybe I could do a 10K. And then you work towards that, and then you run that distance for a little while, and then you're like, well, the next one is 13.1. And, you know, all all the time we're thinking six months ago or a year ago, I never thought I'd be able to do three miles, let alone right. 13. And part of ultra running, which always fascinates me, is um, it's so mental. Yes. And what is incredible to see is that we are what stops us most of the time our own selves our, and own our self. mind it is amazing to see what the body can do if you put your mind towards something yes and for me you know that just seemed like the natural progression and i wanted to finish it right the natural progression but that's good you you have that pattern in your head like that because most people have a have a pattern at a limit it's just a limit. I was talking, I don't know if you know Doug Williams. He's he's in Black Men Run also. Mm -hmm. He just did his first 100 miler. Awesome. At Woodstock. Great. Yeah, that's a tough course. Too. That's, that's a tough a, course. It's a, yeah, it's a lot of up. He did it in like 26 hours. Great, yeah. And he, I, he, he's, he's done the same exact thing. He's never done like 80 miles or set, probably set, not 70 miles, but you skip that 50 and you go all the way up to 100. Yeah. And I'm and I'm saying to myself, at some point in training, your body just like, I'm assuming it just has a clock that says, okay, I'm used to this. So, I I think it's more the mind. It's right. the mind. So the training for a 100-miler is not too dissimilar to the training for a 50-miler. Okay. Okay. In that when you talk <coughs> half marathon or marathon traditional training, what most half and full training plans have you do is they'll take you up to 10 miles, for example, or they'll take you up to 20 miles in that plan, and every week you go up a mile or two, right? And then right. the idea is on race day the extra six or the extra three will just come naturally, right? Because okay. you're, you're swept up in there. Well, fundamentally, you cannot train an 80-mile race to run a 101. I mean, you just don't do that in training, right? So Interesting. Equally, you know, some people would do a 50K ahead of a 50-miler, so there would be a training race, training run, but it's cumulative time on feet. Okay. So when you start building those mileage, when you start doing back-to-back -back long runs over the weekend, like you could do a, you know, a 20-miler and then a 10-miler, for example, and then okay. on a Monday you go out and do like a 5 or an 8. Okay. That's a lot of mileage in three days, and that's really how you kind of manage it. Um, so once you've, once you've been running those distances for a little while, you've got a decent amount of time on legs. And I, I truly think it is mind. It's mind over matter at that point. You know, you, you get on that start line, and at least for me, I think, okay, well, this is just going to be a really long day. Right. This is just, we're just going for a, 
We're just going for a really long run. A long don't, hike. <laughs> don't think about it. Just stay present. Be in the mile you're in. You know, you'll go through some ups. You'll go through some downs. Um, the downs are tough. Downs come at surprising places too, and soda, soda right. ups. Um, most of the time, if you talk to me, I will tell you like miles forty to sixty are my favorite. Oh, for real? For real. Okay. For real. I don't. It takes me, you know, it takes me a little while to realize that this is going to be painful and settle into that and just roll with it. So. Um, and then but, after that, it's mental. When you get to like sixty some, it's like okay. It is. It is. And um, you know, someone someone once said ultra running is. 99% mental, but you use your legs 100% of the time, and and I would totally agree with him with that. Um, I have this mantra, which is the only way out is through, as well. So when you know when things get tough, I mean obviously barring injury aside um, or not fueling properly, but the, I will just say it over and over and over again: the only way out is through, and you know that it's just temporary, typically. So if you've done it a few times and you've clawed yourself out of that hole a few times. Um, it's like a memory muscle, like, oh, I've done this kind before. Of, kind of is. Yeah, it kind of is. Good, good. Okay. Wow. Well, you've done some nice ultras. Well, yeah, I've done, I haven't done my first 50 miler yet. I've done a 55K, which is 35 miles. I'm in the process of working on my knee. I just had some um, some shots in my knees recently. <clears throat> Next month, I'm getting a hot, I think it's hydrochloric acid. My, oh, my doctor yeah. want to mm -hmm. put that in there, and he said it'll really take me to the next level. He says a real they have been having real good results with that. I've heard the same thing, yeah. So I would like to get that. And I, w I want to do my first 50 miler, and I would love to do it at Woodstock. I think it would be nice to do that at Woodstock, my first 50 mile. It's a nice course. Um, it's a looped course, I will say. So that's fun. There's a great atmosphere out there. My One of my first official 50 milers was out west, actually. Okay. And that was nice because that's beautiful vistas. Wow. So for me, I love to see things. You know, I like to climb a mountain and then see things. Okay. Like that's my reward. That, you know what? I'm the same way. Yeah. I, when I did Marquette 50K this year, I'm sitting there on the mountain, and people are going past me. The 50 milers are going past me. They got they're a lot faster. They flying. Um, I'm sitting there watching them go by, and I'm just taking in the view, and taking in the view, not knowing I'm so close to the DNF. I, I was within a minute of DNF in that race. You made it, though. That's all that matters. Yes, yes. That is epic. I love that race. You have to sign up for that Marquette race every Black Friday. Yeah, and you got to get there early because it's usually oversubscribed and waitlisted. Yes, yes. That's a good one. That's, that's, it's technical. It's got a lot of climbing, too. Yeah, I was intimidated by that race, and that's why I signed up for it. Mm -hmm. I was watching a, a friend named Cindy Hahn and she had made a video it was like 2014 15 somewhere in there maybe 16 15 i think i forget but it rained the entire time and she had a gopro and it was looking nasty and i was just like 
man, that looks so scary. <laughs> and I signed up for it. Oh, that's because I just wanted sweet. to it. I just wanted to attack something yeah. like that I never yeah, done before. Yeah, experience it. Yeah, no, that's fun. People keep asking me why do I keep doing that race over and over again. I think I got a glutton for pain or something. I don't know. You got to. Uh, you have to. I think you have to be emotionally <coughs> invested in the race that you're doing. Okay. You. You know, you need to be excited by it. Right. Like for you, like you said, your draw was that you knew it was hard and you wanted to conquer it. Right. right. And obviously, you have good memories from it too. Um, I think that's a huge, a huge part, especially when you're tackling something like an ultra. You know, less important for a half marathon or or a marathon even. Um, but when you're out there for multiple hours, it's going to get hard. Yes. And I think if you're more emotionally invested in, in the race that you're doing, you're much more likely to to finish that. Absolutely. And make it fun, too. You know? Yeah, you got to make it fun. That's why I like the trail people. They're usually they're usually yeah. a lot of fun. They're fun. They have me cracking up laughing. Like my, some of my best friends are trail people. I, I might not see them all year, but as soon as I go up to Marquette, it's like Lucire's back, you know. It's one of them kind of things. Well, it's just a party, right? It's just a party. It's just a party. I went to, um, we had a girls' weekend, one weekend. We went out to Oregon and did a did a 50K out there. That was so much fun. Three of us ran it together. It was oh. my birthday. And it was your birthday weekend. Yeah, you know. Let's let's do a girls' weekend. And for my birthday, I want us to all suffer. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, yes. yeah, suffer together and have some beers at the very end. That but is funny. That was that was a lot of fun actually. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. You don't have you don't have anything playing on the table after after you get through with your uh, so I do actually. Um Good. I have Kenyans in April, at the end of April, over in California. So that's 100K. It's on the Western States course. You run it backwards. So it's a net uphill. Wow. <laughs> I saw that face. Yeah. That's, that's the face that I have, yeah, too. You are, you, are, you, you, you're going backwards, yes. not going up. Huh? Oh, net uphill, yeah. So that is, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of specific reasons why I'm doing that race. Obviously, I'd love to get on that trail. It's a... It's not only a Western States qualifier, but it's also a UTMB qualifier as well. Okay. So um, if you're not familiar, UTMB is the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. Oh, Bob, I've heard that. Is that in um, Canada? No, actually, it's in France. France, It's in okay. Chamonix in France. And uh, it is a, it's actually 106 miles, 36,000 feet around Mont Blanc. It's a circle. 36,000 feet? Mm-hmm. Of climbing altogether, Yeah. And it starts in France, in Chamonix, and it goes into Italy, and then Switzerland, and then back into France. And that is, you know, probably like the World Series of That's ultra running. Wow. Um, you can't just get into that. It's a you lot get, of You got to qualify. Qualify. Um, you got to have <coughs> a, an appropriate ranking as okay. well to get into that race and then pass through a lottery. So I was just there actually in... Uh, in August this year, um, crewing a friend okay. at that race and that atmosphere, you would love it, Lisa. I, honestly, oh, you would. I the would. whole town. I want to say they had they have ten thousand runners the entire week, so it's a week long festival of races, all sorts of different distances there, and 
the entire trail com community just descends on Chamonix. So wow. they probably, you know, if you think every runner brings one or two different people, there's, I think they had 109 countries represented oh, wow. there. So people are coming in, everyone brings two or three people with them. Like that whole town was rocking, rocking, rocking. And, you know, great food, nice wine. Wow. We're in France after all, right? So. <laughs> When you when you're in France, do as the French do. Absolutely. So uh, so yeah, that's part of the reasons why I'm gonna run Canyons is the Western States qualifier, and then also it, it's a UTMB qualifier too. And nice, nice. You know what the time is? You have to get there to do that. Yeah, you have to finish Canyons in under 19 hours. So uh, 100 100k in 19 hours, which you know on paper sounds incredibly doable yeah you know i've done 100k in 11 hours before now 10 what? 10 11 um it's the climbing it's the climbing which elevation is and of course i'm gonna i'm coming back from from surgery so right. uh, yeah so for heels like i have a i have a friend that does his heel work on a on a treadmill so he can get yeah. his zachary ornelius if you know Zachary, he won the 2016 Free Press Marathon. And I remember him telling me he did a lot of his heel work just with the treadmill mm -hmm. like this. And that's how he was able to that's make himself faster. Yeah, I mean, we're in Michigan, right? So we're known for our big mountains here <laughs> in the Midwest. No. You got jokes. <laughs> she got jokes, y'all. She got jokes. Oh, there's a few different jokes. <laughs> um, Parking oh lots, goodness. parking lots are good ones. Yes, actually. Yeah, we uh, we call we call those the um, the ghetto hills. The ghetto, yeah, I you, love that. That's a good they, one too. I'm gonna use that. There's one at Whole Foods downtown. Mm -hmm. It's where they park to go into Whole Foods, and it goes up and up and up. You can run all the way up to the top, run all the way back to the yeah. bottom, and you can do it over and over again. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you just got to watch out for cars right. parking. Right, yeah, they're probably thinking, what on earth are they doing? Right, um, right. What's the other thing? Oh, well, so stairs, too. So up in Rochester, Bloomer Park. Oh, yeah, Bloomer Park, I've been there. Those stairs? Those oh, stairs man. are no Woo. joke. They remind me of Argo Springs. Have you ever been to Argo Springs no. in Michigan? If you go up north to Highway 65, you have a place called, if you turn to the right, it's, it's near Hale, Michigan. And on the way up there, they have a... A bear that they have up there at a, at the bear store okay. in a cage called Sophie. She, her name's Sophie. She used to be in a um, a circus. Okay. And she licks her tongue out at you all the time <laughs> because she used to always lick her tongue out at people and lick them when she had her circus. At. But if you go further, a little bit further up to I-65, you make a right, and on this long strip, you have. Argo Springs, you have the Lumberman's Monument, you you have Cook's Dam, and you got this um, store called the Dam Store. Okay. Because of the dams that they have up there, so they call it the Dam Store. Got it. And it's in Tawas, Michigan area. If okay. You ever heard yeah, of I know Tawas. Yeah. So, yeah, those steps there, it's 300 steps. And I, it works, man. But what's cool is you go to the bottom of Argo Springs, take you a cup or a bottle, and when you get to the bottom, I fill it up with water. And I, it's so cold. It's coming straight 
through that ground that you oh, that's nice. oh my goodness that water is so good that's nice. so good oh my goodness that's the only place I grew up going there my parents used to take us up there and we used to always take a cup go to walk them 300 steps down and then we had to walk them 300 steps back up. <laughs> That's how you make your kids tired. My That's parents, for real. My parents yeah. were smart. We slept good that night. <laughs> you, you know, honestly, I have a boy too, and he is just go, 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 go all the time. So, always trying to find things to get him to do. He's funny though. He loves. He likes the ultra world. Oh, he does. I think I'm. I think I'm slowly corrupting him. Oh man, bringing him into the fold. Bring him in. It's only fair. It's only fair. So, he's fun crew too, actually. It's cute. We'll take direction, fill water bottles, and all of that, all of that fun stuff. That's good. That's good stuff. How old is he? He's eight. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's real good. So if you had to tell anybody that's getting into ultra running, or we kind of tickled their brain today, what would you tell them? Don't lose the faith. Don't lose the faith. Work on your mental game, and you have to really want it. Yeah. Sure. Also, I guess I've got many things to tell people. <laughs> also, fuel. Eat. Eat. Fuel yourself on your runs. Yes. Um, so many people, I've seen it so many times. When I'm crewing people or, you know, in a, in a race, um, you need to take on more calories than you think. Exactly. It's not just training your legs. You got to train your mind. <coughs> you got to train your stomach. Your stomach. Too. You know what? That's the key. I, I was talking to a friend of mine, and she said she could. She did terrible because she threw up. And it's, I didn't. I didn't want. To, I told her she, she got to fuel better. But a lot of people don't practice fueling while they're running. Correct. They'll run five miles or ten miles, but they never fuel. I had to tell a friend of mine what to feel because I'm a hammer guy. Mm -hmm. I, I love hammer nutrition. Every half an hour, I do a hammer gel, and then I do base salt, no matter what. Okay. I, I, I take base salt, and that's so later on in the race, when I start losing them electrolytes real bad, I'm already still built up. And it, you got to pick your food and stick with it. Yeah, it, um, well, the other thing, too, is, especially in ultras, so ultras are one of those things where you can, you can do everything perfect. Right. You can have the perfect training block, you can eat the perfect food, you can do whatever you want. Right. And then something is going to come at you out of left field, and you got to trouble, you, you need to troubleshoot and, and figure it out, you know. Something that's been working in training, all of a sudden you can't eat it, you don't want to eat it, you can't stomach it, you know, you need to be able to experiment with those things. And also I think with ultras, expect the unexpected, because typically something will happen, typically. You know, one one thing is gonna blow up or not. It, it's usually not what you expect. You know, right? You, you're like, oh, you know, my right calf's been bothering me a little bit. I wonder if that'll be okay during the race. I can promise you now, the right calf is not gonna be the problem. It'll be something else that you haven't thought about. Yeah, like what happened to me this year is I got stung by a hornet. <laughs> like case in point, right? Oh, I didn't expect case it. Case in point. It was at the starting line. I, I didn't even start running yet. There you go. Oh, my Brutal. goodness. Brutal. Brutal. We all, a whole bunch of us got stung for some reason this year. 
but yeah, you're right. We have to expect the unexpected. Totally. And fueling is, you know, with it being such a mental game too, the minute that you don't fuel enough, your mind starts to go. So your mind will begin to play tricks on you. Um, you tend to feel better in general. I'm one of these people who gets hangry. I haven't been fed, so I'm not usually in the most positive a place when I haven't been fueling properly. And, you know, most people, if they're coming in late into a race and if they're underfueled, tend to be in a more negative headspace. Okay. So it's huge. Fueling is fueling is huge. In fact, I think um, one of the biggest causes of DNF did not finish is typically food and gastro issues. Right, right. True that. True that. True that. I have my, my friend Steve Hewagon. He gave me a tip years ago to eat three hours before the event. Sort of digesting me, and I've been doing that, and it's been working mm-hmm. real good for me. For me, it yep. works. For me, it works. But I put in, I I I, I eat superfoods and, and um, superfood um, protein or some three hours. I like to get all that in my system, you know. So I just have a little foundation. Yeah. I say I have a I want a foundation before I even get out there, you know. No, that's that's so important. So yeah. I think I have like. Oh, I'm like a pig on the trail, actually. I have like 350 to 400 calories an hour, usually. Wow. Per hour you have that? Per hour, yeah. So typically about 150 are from like a, a liquid. So I use Tailwind. And then the rest of it is combination of gels and real food. I know we talked about this a bit. The uh, aid station food and ultras are... Fantastic. I love <laughs> You know what? That's what gets me through an ultra. Right. The excuse to eat everything you wouldn't normally eat. What I like in the A station is the watermelon, the little bowl of salt to dip the watermelon mm-hmm. in and to bite that. It's like heaven in my mouth. <laughs> Especially on a hot day. On a hot day. Yeah. And I like the pickle juice. Pickles are great. I remember um, I was in Georgia with actually pacing my friend on the back half of Cruel Jewel. So Cruel Jewel is like UTMB. It's, it's 106 miles, 36,000 feet of climbing. And it's an out and back. And she had asked me to crew her for the last 56 miles. Okay. Or pace her, I should say, for the last 56 miles. We've got some fun stories from that. Um, that was a good time. But we came into this one aid station, and by this point, we're, we're pretty hungry. And the guy's like, do you want a hot dog? Oh, for real? For real. And if you asked me on any other day, I, it's probably not the first thing I would go for, but I was like, heck yeah, I want a hot dog. With loads of mustard on it, too. We went back for more. I mean, they were they were quite possibly the best hot dogs I've ever eaten in my life. Wow. Clutch at that moment in time. And we, we still dream about the PB&J sandwiches from another A station there. I don't know what it was, the bread or how much peanut butter he put in that, but they were fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, man. Nothing like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> they, cut them, they cut them in these triangles. At the A station at Marquette, if I recall, I want the whole sandwich. I don't want. The, I don't want no triangle. I don't want the kitty sandwich. 
Don't give me the kitty sandwich. Give me it all. Mm-hmm. Man. Epic, epic, epic. Well, thank you for being on the show. It's like we're going to be doing a lot together over the, over the lifetime of running. I hope so. And I'm excited about it. I want you to just enjoy everything that you got coming forward. Because you got some good stuff that's going to be coming forward. I want you to continue hanging out with us with Black Men Run. Because we got a relationship with the with all the brothers that's amazing. It's yeah. really amazing. And to see the, to see the guys want to do trail racing and trail running as much as I've seen the, their hearts want to do it. It's amazing. I I love that when we did that weekend down in Mayberry, the, that trail run. It was it was fun watching everybody, you know, discover it for the first time. Yeah. You know, it took me back to the first time that I I started running trails and I was really nervous to run trails because I didn't know where to go and I didn't know how to run a trail. And then, you know, you do it a little bit and then you realize this is just it's nothing. It's nothing. It's awesome. It's fun. You got to go slower. It's easier on your knees. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. So, no, that made that made I was so glad to hear they enjoyed that. That's great. Well, thank you for being on the show today. I want you all in, in the listening audience, I want you to go as far as you can see. And when you get there, you can go a little further. And remember, God loves you, and I do too.